Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from the show as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh my God, uh, Jesus. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gay Bible. Can I get a hashtag? Can I get a gang? Can I get a gang, gang, gang? Okay, I'm sorry. That was probably a little bit too much for you, or or was that enough? Was that enough? Yeah, it was, it was good. It was yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. Okay, ladies and faggots, get ready, because today the Lord has truly blessed us with not only a queen, not only a fucking queen, but one of the sexiest men in all four corners of the gay land. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm your hype man today. I'll take it. Okay. So, okay, baby, you know the drill. Are you going to be a disciple, or are you going to be an anonymous pussy-ass bitch? Yes. Well, shit, I thought about this, and um, while I was watching Bravo the other day, and I thought... <laughs> what show? Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and I said I don't want to be a friend of Housewives I want to be a castmate full on castmate because I want my storyline out there so I am a disciple today disciple drumroll please I I say my name now yeah Uh, Luis. Luis. Yes. Guys, we're like very hungover today, so it might be a very rough interview, so just bear with us. Bear balls with us, okay? Anyway, so, okay, so we really do need to get something out of the way. Hold on. Before we even get there. What? I'm going to ask you something. What? Should we do this entire interview naked? Should we? I'm I'm willing to do it. I just drank so much alcohol, like I feel so fat and bloated right now. Like, I could strangle you right now with one of my love handles. That's, I mean, that's, that's all about, I and mean, that's what vulnerability is about. I mean, I, well, I was like, is that, that what those movie producers do when, yes. like, that new actress comes in? They're like, we'll just talk, take your it, clothes off. It would be the other way around, though, because you're the one with the power at the moment. We'll think about it. All right. We'll think about it. All right. I like the thought, though. It's, I'm, it's, I'm all about vulnerability, being uncomfortable. Actually, let's, do, let's just fuck it. Let's do it. it let's it's do it. Discomfort. Okay. Oh, I just... I can't believe I'm fucking doing bare fucking ball. Oh my god. (laughs) Guys, we are bare fucking balls right now. Just literally out naked. Balls out naked sitting in the hotel room. Holy shit. You know what? Good fucking planning, good thinking from you, though. It's, you know, I I really think that to put your guard down, you really Uh have to be a little bit uncomfortable. And to be uncomfortable Uh is really where honesty comes from. And I want to be honest today. I really, I'm so happy. That and you are here today. And I'm a, and I'm a big fan of, of social nudity, so, you know, boom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for me... Okay, so you know the nude beach in Seattle? Howell. Yeah. Yes. So, I remember going there. I was, like, 19 or 20, and I go there. Everybody's naked. Yeah. I'm wearing a full fucking swimsuit. Not even a Speedo. No, full no. <laughs> no, I was like, this body is only going to be seen by my priest and God. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my priest. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, so going back to that question, we we really do need to address something. All right, let's address it. How do we know each other? Well, 
well, we met at a party. We met at a birthday party. Because we met three times, so describe each single one of okay. those. Well, the first time we met was at a party, I believe a birthday party for someone you had not met in person before. No. It was my friend. Um, yeah, and just some great memories from that party, including dancing to Dua Lipa together. That was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I do believe you may have walked into a later moment <laughs> of the party that I was in participation of. Yes. I'm also going to, after you're done, I'm totally going to give you Oh, you're going to give full details? Rendition. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And you can give it the full. You're the spark notes. I'm the book. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ready for that next page. But, um, part, well, I guess part two was just for, all right, was preparation for yeah, this. Because we met at Starbucks and I was just like, because that's a, that's my interview process. I never would just want to like wing it. Yeah. Like a lot of other people do. Like, I want to see like, what's the story? Are you comfortable with what I'm wanting you to share on this? The outcome. Totally. And yeah, we met at Starbucks. Yes. And we met we- at Starbucks, um, post beach day. Um, and now this, I guess it's number three. So yeah, the very first time I met <laughs> this fucking bitch at this birthday party that I didn't know the person like that was like the first time I had ever met that person but it was his birthday party it was so fun everybody was so nice so basically I bring my friend and we're hanging out he hadn't done that stuff and I was quite used to you know going out and going to house parties and stuff like that so he was drinking a lot and I was just kind of doing my own thing meeting people and I remember well by the way whenever I party starts getting quiet at a gay party you know shit's going down there's coke in the bathroom and a fat orgy going on one or two options yeah yeah so i was like kind of looking around i'm like where's my friend (laughs) i was like where's my friend and i walk upstairs and he's just on the bed and like people are surrounding him and he's making out with some dude i'm like oh baby baby no (laughs) no and then i I go back down and then i thought whatever they were gonna do was over yeah and then i go back up it had just begun and holy i literally guys i'm walking i'm like oh my god like where's the bathroom i go i i open that door and i'm like (gasps) and i just see this man that is three feet away from me riding a bull (laughs) we're gonna leave it at that and we just we make eye contact with each other i'm like (gasps) oh Wrong room. I'm so sorry. I was probably like, come on in. The water's warm. <laughs> no, I almost was going to join too, but my friend was in there and that's like a little brother yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Incest just is not my thing. No. You know? He was great though. <laughs> um, Yeah. So now I guess two, half the time, two of our four times you've seen me now has been in the flesh. Yeah. Naked. Yeah. That's how it should be. All right. We're nudists on this show. I guess so. Honestly, this is kind of awesome. Like I never even thought about this. Like, when I have somebody on, should I just ask them and be like, hey, do, do you want to be a disciple and do you want to strip butt ass fucking naked with me? Disciple Luis. Yes. Are you fucking ready? So this is a new segment of the gay Bible and it's called Who, Who Would, Would You, you Rather, Rather Jesus? Jesus? <laughs> You're fucking amazing. Okay. These are questions that are kind of like, you know, who you want to get a little frisky on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so are you ready for the first one? Let's do it. So we're just going to wrap it around. Okay. Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian? Uh, ooh, um, Kim Kardashian, Jung in the Trunk. Okay. Donald Trump or Kim Jong? <laughs> Good Lord. Um, and you have to sleep with these people. Oh. Like full intercourse, you know, at least an hour. God, I'm going to hate myself. Donald Trump. Ooh. Hey, at least it would taste like KFC. So. Oh my God. <laughs> I will hopefully just get hush money. That's all I want. Oh my. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Gus Kruger or Colton Underwood? Who's Gus Kruger? Oh wait, what? 
Gus Kenworthy. Oh, sorry, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and a million times him and his beautiful uncut cock. Why yes. not? Oh, it's uncut. Oh yeah. How do you know? It's it's been out there. Mm. I'm sorry, Gus, that it's out there, but great. Wait, Dick. why not Colton Underwood though? Um, eh, I don't know. Not for me, I guess. Yeah. I don't, well, I mean, he's attractive, but Gus is just so sexy to me. I know. Call me. I don't know. Talk to me when he's gotten that gold. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. Demi Lovato or Poot Lovato. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you knew my oh obsession my with Poot. Um, absolutely Poot. My and friend la- thinks it's a different person. She is. She needs to be let. It's it's the evil. Uh, not evil twin. <laughs> She's a twin. Um, and she needs to be let out of Demi's basement. Demi, if you're listening to this, let Poot out. Oh, my God. No. When I saw that picture, I was just <laughs> like, just- what ass? <laughs> Asshole literally did her so fucking How? dirty. How? <laughs> I don't understand the physics. It's, it's got to be the same person. I, no, it's so it's Poot is out there, guys. If, if you listening. think it's the same person, write in. If you don't, also write in. We want to hear it. We need to hear it. Free Poot. Oh. After Britney, free Poot. <gasps> Lindsay Lohan oh. or Amanda Bynes. Lilo for sure. She there's something really sexy about Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, she's kind of got her shit together yeah. now. Oh, well, now she does. Yeah. Yeah, it's Amanda Bynes is like she's she's like getting through it right now. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Jesus or Satan. As a kid who grew up Catholic and seeing Jesus up with his ass oh. out every Sunday at church, Jesus a hundred percent. Yeah, Satan would be a lot of fun, I'm sure. But <laughs> a wild time. Yeah, but Jesus, I've been wanting it since like since I was a little kid. Creepy best since yeah, I wanted that. Yeah, Oprah or Ellen? There is a wrong answer to oh, this. I'm gonna take Oprah. Oh, thank God. Okay, thank God. God. I was so nervous. If you picked Ellen, I was gonna be like. Huh? I was so nervous. Okay, we actually have two people in Seattle. I don't know if you know them, and if you don't, okay. we'll, we'll edit this out. Terry Miller. Sexy. When I tell you this man is so fine, he is so scrumptious. He sexy. He's very sexy. Or mm-hmm. or Keegan Wicker. I know Keegan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with Keegan because I've met him before, and there's I I prefer someone I I've known. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're gonna have some yeah. relations, but uh, actually don't know no, maybe Terry Miller's honestly fine. maybe Terry Miller. Yeah, oh, I've wow. never met him. I've never met him, but like he I don't know. He's just doing it, you know. Yeah, he's just he's really pulling off like the he emphasizes the daddy. All right, fine, Terry Miller, call me if you're listening, baby. <laughs> <hit us. laughs> Terry Miller, Jesus, and Gus Kenworthy. Oh my god! Oh my god! That would be the best. Orgy. That'd be great. I think three of us are bottoms. I don't actually don't know what Terry Miller is. Well, that's fine. Probably we got a top. top. The rest of us are bottoms. <laughs> so I want to do something exciting, and this is something I've never talked about publicly, e- even to you. So I want you to give me the chance to tell me the first gay thought. Yeah. I think the first memory of, like, now looking looking back on it and realizing that's kind of gay, um, was I was really little. I had to be, like, four or five and watching Aladdin. And there's something about Aladdin. I don't know if I could connect the sexuality of it all, because I don't think it was maybe sexual, but it was more just animalistic. You know, like like when a dog gets their balls cut off and, oh. and, they, still hump, <laughs> and they still hump things. Okay, okay. Like, it's not necessarily because libido or anything, because I don't think I had that then. 
but um, something just like innate in me yeah. saw Aladdin and was like, yeah, I want to do something. And so I would rub my dick on my sleeping bag. So it's like kind of like masturbation, even though I didn't know what masturbation was. And yeah, now looking back on that, I was like rubbing, you know, masturbating to Aladdin at uh, age five. Yeah, it's pretty gay. So yeah, that was, that that's was so gay. That was we love that. Thing. Yeah, we should honestly be thanking Disney for helping us like come to our sexuality. Totally, those princes, Tarzan. Like, oh. So I actually haven't told you this. I've actually never said this to anybody except like re- like very close friends. Oh, so I guess now to the millions of listeners. Oh, <laughs> around the world. Hi, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so my very first gay thought. Okay, we're just going to get into this. Why yeah. not? Yeah. So we would, I mean, we were like dirt poor. So like our family outings was going to Walmart. Mm-hmm. We would call it Wally World. That's how oh broke we God, were. That's yes. Yeah, we're going to Wall. We're going to Wally World. Uh, everybody get in the car. And we're going there. I'm like five or six. And I just remember walking and we were like, my mom was like, okay, we got to get some underwear. Mm-hmm. And I remember we're in the underwear section of Walmart and they're just like, you know, paying attention to whatever. And I'm like, I kind of want to like do my own thing in the underwear section. So I'm walking around, whatever, no big deal. And I stumbled on something. You know oh, what that was? Tell me. The men's oh, section. Yes. Oh, oh my. Sorry. I just got a little wet. Anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically I'm like five or six, whatever. And I go up there, I'm looking at these underwear and like my vision is it's centered on like these dudes and there was like hairy dudes, but all washboard abs. Mm -hmm. And I was just staring and I didn't know why I had a mental boner and this story doesn't, it gets weird. Oh, it gets weird. So I was looking at it and this is my first memory. I still remember exactly what I said because it was such an influential moment in my life. So I'm looking at these pictures and you know what my five, six-year-old ass says? Oh, God. I start looking at it, and I'm just like, I want you to <gasps> be my dad. No. <laughs> yeah. That's what you... I want you to be my dad? Yeah. Oh, my no, God. No, I don't fuck... Like, daddy issue started from the fucking wow. get-go. I did not ever understand that. I was just looking at this picture, and I was like, I want you to be my daddy. That's and I was like... And then the second my parents were like, what are you doing? I literally was like, nothing. <laughs> I just... I walked away. Like, I already knew that it was bad. How poetic, though. One of my friends actually came up to me, and she's like, Jake, you should go see, like, a psychologist, like, and maybe, like explain why because that makes no sense to me just unpack it a little bit i mean i don't even know i don't know i don't know what came over Maybe you I'm at like, that moment but that's i kind of love was it so though. passionate i was yes. just like I, I meant it oh yeah my six-year-old self yes i'm like i just surpassed like having to use diapers at that point probably <laughs> at six no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> but you remember like the underwear yeah. you get with like the spider-man yeah yeah, yeah yeah that was my age oh yeah i had those for a long time yeah i bet you had the aladdin ones oh God. <laughs> <laughs> when you were watching aladdin when were you able to interpret those feelings and you know identify what they were and you know when you were finally able to interpret those feelings did it kind of scare you there was a lot of moments like that. No, not full on like rubbing my dick on sleeping bags. <laughs> but, you know, seeing things like the underwear section, like um, I watch a lot of soap operas with my mom and there's half naked men all the time on there and mm-hmm. just seeing them. And um, George of the Jungle, I remember, was a movie that was <sighs> what His name was for. Ben. Brendan Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser. He's Holy full ass naked and oiled up and just like, wow. 
So there was a lot of signals to me where I, in the back of my head, was like, hmm, this is maybe attraction or something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't know what was going on until probably, gosh, I have to be like 11-ish, 10-ish, where I found out, oh, what, what, what gay is. I'm a smart boy. I could put it together. I'm like, okay, that's, that's me. But all the representations of what gay was at that time were either extremely like crazy um, caricature of a gay person or meant to be the butt of a joke. I kept it under wraps. I knew for a while. I didn't deny it within the back of my own mind, but I'm like, I can't talk about it because I know it's not normal. Because kids are smart. Like, we pick up on everything. Totally. We know at such a young age, even if we don't understand it, what is socially acceptable Mm -hmm. and what's not. Like, when I was five or six years old, like, I had never had a conversation with my parents about gay being bad or looking at that was bad, but I just knew that I wasn't supposed to look at it. Totally. Like, I remember a story where um, I had, there's this kid, I was on my soccer team and I was a young kid, six or seven or something like that. And I remember telling my mom, um, I'm like, I really like so-and-so. And And she's like, oh, why? Like, great. Mm -hmm. Like, his uh, face is really soft and I like to touch it. And I could just see her energy change and look at me and say, don't talk like that. And I was like, that's weird because I, you know, complimented and talked about all like the girls in my class and stuff like that. And it was also like, oh, he's going to yeah. be a, you know, a lady killer. He's going to be a, 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 you know, one of those things. Now, we have only met three times, as you have said before. But the second one is when we sat down for coffee, as mm-hmm. you know, you have explained and asked, you know, and I asked you how serious you were about doing the show. You know, I described that the show as a place to truly show people who you are inside and out, you know, really show your humility and, you know, the mistakes that you have made in your mm-hmm. life and, you know, the things that have happened to you, but most importantly, how you have learned and how you have overcome them. You totally. know, this wasn't a show that was going to highlight your best, you know, qualities and make you look like you have a golden penis or something that was not the point of this yeah but you said yes and that you were ready to have that conversation mm-hmm. and i was ready as well okay so we were hanging out at the starbucks coffee house in madison and you started talking about your mom and i think the most beautiful thing that people can experience you know or listen to is the story of your mom mm. you know who she was what she represented and how she impacted you to be the man you are today you know what did you learn from her my mom was a beautiful soul, and I, and I use the past tense because I, I lost my mom um, back when I was 11 years old. So it's been some time, but she really impacted my life a lot. So I love to talk about her because one of her biggest fears when she was um, sick with cancer was that when she died, people would forget her, mm-hmm. um, which is insane and silly because everyone who's ever met her was always impacted. I talk to her friends still from, from back way back then, and um, they still carry her with her. And so I, I always love to talk about her any opportunity I get because, you know, I, I will never let her be forgotten. Yeah. Um, she was a radiating light. and She walked into a room and just was energy, socialized with everybody. She had friends from, like, the suburban housewives to the biker boys with the tattoos and chain smokers. She just became friends with everyone, and that's something that I've really taken from her, too, because I just love to be a social person, and I'm, I'm glad I got that from her. And she was she was a bad bitch too. She was she really, sounds like a bad yeah. bitch. Being, just being friends with bi- like a biker gang. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know she she was really passionate about a lot of things, especially her children. Um, that was her number one thing. Being a mom. Um, you know, as I grew older and after we lost her, one of the things that. I really kind of reflect on was she spent she was this beautiful exciting lover of life but she spent most of her adult life raising our 
us, my sisters and I, raising kids. And it hurts me now, not so much that she isn't here for some of the events in our lives, like graduating and, and weddings and things like that, but more so, I feel bad for the things that she missed out on. Because she never got to go and explore the world. She never got to go on adventures and because she was so busy raising these three young kids. Um, so kind of in a way to kind of pay back for that, it's, it's something that I dedicated to myself when I started college, when I became an adult basically, was that every month I would go away. I would go on an adventure, I'd go um, on a vacation, something, so that I could go see the world on her behalf because she never got to. So I, I, I'm big and passionate about traveling and exploring new things and seeing new things because I always feel that I have you know, her with me uh, and getting to carry her to go see everything. And I can contest that you are never here. <laughs> the fact that I'm here with you guys, do you know how hard this was oh, to plan gosh. everything? And like, cause you're always gone, but I love that for yeah. you because it's like, why would you mm-hmm. want to stay in one place for too long? Yeah. You know, some people have never left their hometown. I, I know that. And you know, I, I, I recognize that also that my ability to do this is a bit privileged too that I have an opportunity to go and leave my neighborhood um, because I have the means to do so but I still think the the mindset is the same no matter where you are go on an adventure um, see something new try something different because life is short when we were talking and you were talking about the whole process of what was going on with your mom you were talking about having outburst towards her I was 11 years old my mom got diagnosed with um, stage for stomach cancer on my birth my 11th birthday um, and even at 11 I knew that was very serious um, and so it started a, a difficult nine months um, of her battling this awful fucking disease fuck cancer first of all fuck cancer we'll say it again fuck uh, cancer, fuck cancer. Um, and I watched my mom fight so hard for my sisters and I, especially. She was in physical therapy after one of her surgeries, and she had to walk around. She was getting to learn to walk again, and she had to walk around this uh, this track once, and it was really difficult for her, but she said, I'm going to walk around this track three times because I have three kids, and this is what I'm doing it for. It's for them. This is what I'm fighting for. And so she she had that amazing mentality, and, and but at the same time, it was difficult for everyone around, especially as an 11 year old kid, the stress of seeing your, your mother, someone you love so much, go through something like that, which is hard to, hard to, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I don't know. It was, it was, to, it was difficult. Hard, it's a difficult situation. It's hard to grasp, especially yeah. being so young. Yeah. And one of the moments that I, I, one of the biggest regrets in life now, and it's just so silly, but um, I just vividly remember in Christmas time, um, and which was her favorite holiday, she went all out on Christmas. And we were decorating the tree and everything as a family. And she, you know, looked at me and asked me to, you know, sit down by her on the couch. And she was like, you know, you're looking kind of pale right now. And I, I want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're eating well and you're being healthy and stuff like that. Coming from a complete place of nurture, <laughs> of mom yeah. caring. And I yelled back at her about, I'm fine. I'm can take care of myself. I'm a I'm a big kid, kind yeah. of like that. Stop babying me, kind of thing. Um, I'm sure it hurt her um, because she just was coming from a place of love. But it was just that thing for a child that was going through so much just to let it all out at one time. And I hate that it was towards her, but it was a moment that still sits in the back of my mind um, as as a regret. But so you're still hard on yourself about I it. I am. I am. It's it's funny because people talk about like what's one thing you change in your life, and there's so many things that would make more sense to change, but not having that outburst on that day 
would probably be the one thing I changed. Yeah. And it wouldn't change anything about the trajectory of, you know, her disease. It wouldn't change anything of our relationship. But for some reason, it still sticks in my mind. Well, I remember we were meeting at the Starbucks and you were telling the story and like, we both started sobbing. Yeah. We just hugged it out. And I was mm-hmm. like, that was the only situation. Like, it was like, don't even say anything. You just like hug. And I was very happy that you even felt like you could even, that was the most surprising thing that like you thought that you could even talk to me about it and like feel comfortable enough. Cause the very beginning of that, like preliminary interview, I guess you could call it Mm -hmm. like you were just so open. Cause sometimes I have interviewed people and it's, it takes at least 30 minutes for them to fucking open up. Yeah. But with you, it was instant. And I was just like, this is what I wanted (laughs) and this is what I got. It's taken me some time to get there as a person, but I'm definitely an advocate for open communication and being giving yourself openly and being honest and sharing it's going to put you in a better place in life because you then surround yourself with people who understand you fully um, and you don't run into the trappings of you know failing as the person you're representing yourself as but Mm -hmm. you actually get to be your full authentic self and you can't be your authentic self if you don't open up and share with people in saying that with everything that happened did you ever attribute anything to your mom i know you attributed the travel yeah you get any tattoos anything like that well the, the fun thing about sitting here without clothes is we can actually see each other's tattoos right now i know oh i just okay that's adorable yeah. what does that say because so, it's cursive yes yeah, so it's on my chest and it says i love you forever i love you for always and it has my mom and it says mom um, and that was for her, um, due to the book that she used to read me all the time as a kid. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it before. It's got the little kid dropping a watch into a toilet on the cover. As a kid grows up mm-hmm. at different ages of his life, hugging him and saying, I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And my mom would always read it to me, but she would always say, I love you, not like you. But I think the biggest significance for that book to me was pretty close to when she passed away. Uh, It had to be a few weeks beforehand. And she called me up to her room. And at this point, she was pretty weak and frail. And she's just kind of the shell of the body that she once had. And she asked me to sit on her lap. And I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. But she insisted. And so I went and I, I, I sat on her lap and she pulled out the book and she wanted to read it to me again and um so i sat there on her lap and she's reading me i love you forever i love you for always as long as i'm living my baby will be through the book and if anyone knows the book they'll know the end part and the end part is when the mom gets too old and too sick to read to to read it to her son anymore and so he grabs the book and he reads back to her i love you forever i love you for always as long as i'm living my mommy you'll be and so when we got to that part of the book she handed the book to me and said, please read me this part. So I read it to her. And um, it was a beautiful moment. I wish that moment didn't exist, but I'm thankful for it now um, because it really showed kind of the connection that we had all our lives together. And that's why I have it tattooed now on my chest. Um, so that's I can beautiful. remember her and remember that moment yeah. forever. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you're, I'm tearing up again. Like <laughs> No, I'm fucking tearing Like, oh my God. I'm trying to hold it to fucking gather. Yeah. Because this hangover and getting... I know. emotional and crying I'm just gonna be a fucking slobbing mess yeah I know I keep saying I appreciate you for saying that but I really do well thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank bitch you. <laughs> okay so the second part to this interview I know you've kind of you know elaborated a little bit of the coming out and you know how that came to be but I want the full scoop baby mm-hmm. give me 
give me what I want. All right. Well, I think it was 19-year-old me, and I was doing my thing uh, on the internets where I was trying to find um, gentlemen on the, like, Chatter Bay. Omegle. Omegle. Yeah, what were you using? Omegle. That's yes. been around for a long Forever. time. Forever, and I thank it so much, because that was helped me so much when I was, before I was out. You'd be on there, and you could, like, add, like, what kind of things you're looking for, and I would put, like, muscles, and, like, compare. Hair. Compare. <laughs> Big, uncut dick. you'd come up, and, like, someone would pop up up and you're just like face to face and you do the whole song and dance like oh where are you from oh okay oh your arms look nice <laughs> and then if they if they like went along with it you're like okay we're gonna get naked and jerk Perfect. off together um so you so i did that for like years before i could actually do anything in like real life because i wasn't out and i didn't know who was gay or anything like that so that was kind of satiated my desires to just like be with a man um but i found a guy that i started jerking off with and we started, we connected then on Skype and we talked Skype like all the time and we just really connected and he became my first boyfriend, even though we we're virtual. And so we decided at a certain point that we're boyfriends and we're both in the closet that I think it was time for us to come out with in our relationship and come out as gay too. And so we just, we both drafted up these text messages to our parents and at the same time, while we're on camera, like, run, two, three, send. And then we sent text messages. That was my coming out that to my dad. so cute. Uh, it was cute. And until you get the phone call immediately oh, yeah. after. And I was like, oh, in a panic. Like, I have to go. Yeah. And I hang up. Um, and I don't remember the phone call, really. But I know I chatted with my dad on the phone. And he requested to meet in person. Um, so we met in person. What did, what did he say when, did I, he text you? I don't remember. I don't remember what the initial reaction was or what he said. I, I know he just like, I want, we need to talk. And we set up some time to talk at a restaurant, um, the next day or something like that. And we had a number of conversations and he did not take it very well. And it's, this is difficult for me to talk about, not so much for like my own self, but I love my dad so much. He is my best friend and I know he regrets this moment of our relationship a lot and even to this day he, he'll send me messages or text messages where, where he'll apologize for it um, but he was he did not take it well and I think it just comes from just not understanding but one of our conversations he said your mom would not be okay with this and that broke me to pieces because as you know I was such a mama's boy and I, I lost her and I all that I did from there on out and even to this day is you know to make her proud and for her and so to hear him say to, to call on her and say that she would not be okay with it just crushed me completely completely and I and I hate talking saying this out loud I hate putting it in the universe because I know how much he regrets saying that too um and I hope my dad doesn't listen to this but if he does oh honey I I, hope, I mean god it, I mean that's honestly always my fear because it's like I haven't seen my mom in over a year and the same thing for my dad and sometimes I do this show and I'm like hmm uh, I kind of just am doing this to spite them and be like wow yeah. they really failed oh um, my god <laughs> the greatest thing that you told me is the best story is the one where somebody learns and then yeah. they act of what they totally. learned and what you've told me about your dad mm -hmm. that is precisely what he did he completely. learned from it and now he's completely but he sounds like a genuinely kind-hearted individual he is the sweetest would take his shirt off your back for you and then go buy another one to make sure you have two like he is that he is that guy um and so yeah it's like if he's listening i forgive you i really do um and i love you so much okay so i obviously want to know going through that entire process mm -hmm. when was when was the first 
real boyfriend. We well, we met a couple times. So it wasn't completely oh, you did meet. Okay. internet. Okay, okay. We did meet a couple times. Actually, the first time that I went, he lived in Canada. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went, I had to go fly to go see him in Saskatchewan, Canada, and. I was telling my dad, I'm like, hey, I have this friend. This was before I was out, too. I'm like, I have this friend that I want to go see in Canada, and I'd really like to visit him, so I'm going to go book a ticket and go visit him. And my dad, um, he's like, I'll pay for it. And I thought that was so weird, and I thought in my back of my mind, this is why I was felt, felt so comfortable to come out, was that I'm like... Oh, he totally knows. He knows, yeah. And he's like, support it. He's going to buy my ticket to go see my boyfriend. I'm like, great. I don't but he was just trying to be nice so you could actually just go see your friend. Yeah, or maybe he didn't know, and I, I, I don't know. I should ask him that. You actually. should ask him that, call yeah. Call right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we broke up eventually, mm-hmm. and I was kind of, it was my first boyfriend, first love, so I was crushed. Those are hard. Yeah. I remember listening to um, Adele, Someone Like You, on repeat for days. But then my friend, uh, Nicholas, who was living in Denver at the time, who was the first person I ever hooked up with, actually, first guy I ever hooked up with, he's like, come to Denver, where I am, um, and let's just go wild. Let's have a girls week. Where you girls go, trip, baby. Yeah, come meet all my friends. Have a good time. Get this guy off your mind. Let's have a great time. So I'm like, yes, let's do it. I went. I ended up hooking out with his entire house. Um, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like whoa. Slow down, slow down. Wait, wait. You thought you were just going to skip over that little, uh, little detail. Um, how many people? He lived with three guys. And they were all gay? They were all gay. <gasps> Okay, okay, so that was... And so I damn. went around to different rooms. and So that that happened, except for one. One of them I did not hook up with. But yeah, the rest of them I did. I had my first orgy. Oh, I'm so... In a tent while camping. Every single time somebody's like, I've had an orgy, I'm like, what do you got that I don't have <laughs> that I can't participate in this? <laughs> one day. You would be very welcome in any orgy, just so you know. I just haven't... You just have to do it. There just has... I just... God it has God has a plan for me, and God does not want me to be in that orgy All right. yet. All right. But when it does happen, save it for the podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We'll just do ASMR orgy. As he dragged his fatty nuts <laughs> all over <laughs> <my case. laughs> I'll play by play. Well, I get... Some of the experiences that I've had, you know, with the people here in Seattle, like... I'm not going to say their names because mm-hmm. that's just weird. Yeah. But I will describe it like a book. Like oh. I will go into specific details, all that other oh, stuff. Oh, you're like texting them or something or what? Well, like just of the stories that I've told on here. Oh, on here. Yes. On here, yes. No, like if yes. I was in an orgy, you guarantee there is a description. Oh, you'll get it all. Stay tuned. Next season. Uh-huh. I just love, I, I don't know. It's kind of fun because as more people start listening they know it's literally from people in Seattle. Yeah. So I think the fun part about this show is people are trying to fucking figure out who yes, this be- who the who- stories are. Yeah. <laughs> By the end, like we get to our hundredth episode, so it's like, oh, you fucked him too, right? Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in Denver. Yes. You're being a hoe. You're being. You, hey, no, no, no. You are living your best life. I'm living my best hoe life, and it's it's okay to be a hoe. I'm sex positive. And then on the last effing day, mm-hmm. I'm out at brunch. And I'm sitting across from my friend's friend and I'm looking at him and we just hit it off. Like we just connected. And it's funny because I was, was, he's sitting right across from me and I asked for his number and I got his number and I couldn't say it, but I texted, I think you're really cute. And he's like, I think you're cute too. And I was like, okay. And then um, the rest of the day we hung out together. It was a Denver food and wine festival. It was fantastic. And then I was supposed to fly out the, the next day. 
next morning. And I called the airline and I said, we got a flat tire coming back from the mountains. I can't make this flight. And so we pushed out one more day so I could spend a day with him. And we ended up living eight years as boyfriends. Um, So that was, yeah. So that was, that was, Mm -hmm. that was a marriage. That was was a gay marriage. Yeah. When the breakup happened, I, I, I sometimes refer to it as the divorce. You have to untangle so much from some of the you know, financial stuff to family stuff to friends, relationships yeah. and friends, everything. Um, there's a lot that you build over eight years. So that was, yeah, that was a lot to undo. So when talking about your eight-year relationship, I think it would be kind of cool for people that are listening just to describe this person, like what he was to you, mm-hmm. what made you fall in love with this person. Mm-hmm. He was he was st- he was stability for me. Um, he was successful, gorgeous man, um, and I felt that he had his shit together. And that's what I really liked about him. Um, I was really young when we met. I was, I think, 20 years old. How old was he? He was a few years older, I think 24-ish. So he's, he had graduated. He had a real job, everything like that. And that was, there was a lure, an allure um, of that. Um, but he was smart and uh-huh. someone I could have conversations with. So that's probably my most important aspect is I, I, I need someone that can challenge me in conversation and ideas and everything like that. And he was very happy to do so. And so, yeah, we had, a, you know, eight years. He moved from Denver to Minneapolis where I was and we moved together from Minneapolis to Seattle and went through ups and downs. Um, and, you know, people talk about relationships or work. They really are. But we loved each other. And so we worked through some difficult times um, and had an amazing adventures um, together, too. Great travel companion. He's someone also that loves to try new things and see the world. So that was a really great fit. So within those eight years, mm-hmm. when did you guys start opening a relationship up? Like, oh, when yeah, were yeah. you as monogamous? Because I think that's important and very interesting to talk about. So for the most of the eight years, we followed kind of the, the societal straight edge norm, normie relationship. And wh- um, why did you do that? Um, I just didn't know. I, well, I don't think I I knew there was any other option, really. Um, right away Uh, and then as I understood about like open relationships and stuff I'm like I'm like oh I love you too much I don't want to be like that I'm not that type of person I think that's what we thought in our heads because I'm loyal yeah and we've been like formed for so long that that's the right thing to do Um, we've been forced by these social constructs that this is the way that things are supposed to operate and that's the only way that we saw for all, for as far as we've known, our whole families operate too, and mm-hmm. all the relationships that we've known and that we're supposed to look up to and aspire to, that's what we're supposedly is how the relationships are. I think we matured as a, as a couple as we got older, um, and probably a couple years before, probably year six or something like that, um, he went to um, work in Australia um, for his job. And there's going to be a time period where we're going to be away from each other. And I was like, I went and approached the conversation. I'm like, you're going to be surrounded by the most beautiful men in the world because Australians are sexy. Do they do it for you? Oh, my God. I wish I could. I don't know. They're like manufactured men. I just can't do the accents. Oh, my God. I can't do the accents. I'm sorry. I love the Australians. (laughs) My ideal region would probably be like like those... um, Viking oh, men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scandinavian. Yeah. You need to go to Minnesota. That's where I, I mean, there's a lot of that. Minas- there. Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, continue. Yeah, so he we, he was in Australia, and I was like, you're going to be surrounded by these gorgeous men. We both have needs. We're going to be across the world from each other. There's no way that we can, you know, keep up what 
you know, what our sexual desires and needs are. I'm like, if you want to hook up with other guys, I'm okay with that. Just tell me you love me. But like, how long was he going to be gone for though? Six months. Ooh, um, yeah. But I was with him for two of them. Um, but then there's be four months where he was on his own and I was on my own here. Yeah. So that the, the conversation came up and, and he felt at that time open to it and he, he agreed to it. It worked well for the rules that we had set and everything like that. Number one was always communication. So if you hooked up with someone, yeah, let you let the other one know. What would you say to people that are thinking about opening their relationship? What is the prime advice that you would give to them that it's going to set them up for complete success? You can't compromise. It has to be something that both people want and also both people are willing to put the effort into as well. You have to be in a strong place, I think. Um, and, and, and What does that mean, though? I think you need to be honest. You have to you have to already have established an honest um, lane of communication, not being embarrassed about what you want or feel or anything like that. Kind of eliminate the taboos of communication in a relationship because you need that foundational communication first and make sure you're on the same level. Make sure you have an understanding. And I guess everything's different for each person, but this is kind of what my advice I would give. And there's going to be different feelings. um, And it's just talk about them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be times where like, I, I need you physically and emotionally right now. And I'm not willing to share any of that um, because I'm going through some things. You have to be able to say that. And as a partner, you also have to be ready to receive and know and remember that your partner is first and foremost all the time. So if someone's like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with that person ends, boom, stop. Yeah. Um, if it's someone's like, hey, I want to close a relationship for a couple months and start over, you have to just, yeah. there's no, there can't be a discussion or argument about it. So there has to be, you have to just have the knowledge that your partner comes first. And also for me personally, and this is different for everyone, but for me, I didn't want to, um, give a, give something to someone else that could have been my partner. So for instance, I never, we weren't open when we we're in the same place. So only when we we're in separate places, um, because I f- didn't want to be scrolling, you know, through apps or something like that yeah. while he was sitting on the couch next to me. I, that is so, I, I still find that so weird when couples do that. Yeah. I mean, it works for some people. It wouldn't for me because I, I feel like I, if I, there's time to give to my partner, I want to give it to my partner. That's what I mean though. Yeah. It's just like when your partner is with you, give them your, you know, exchange your yeah. time with each other, enjoy each other's time. Yeah. I mean, and that's personally for me, I mean, I've seen it work well mm-hmm. in that way too. And it just depends. It goes back to number one, communication. If you're okay with it and this is the way that you, and you're, you know, both sides are comfortable with it, then yeah, whatever makes your relationship work well, it, do it. No, and like obviously anybody yeah. who's listening, no judgment on that part. I'm just saying for me personally and obviously yeah, yeah, for you, yeah. no, I, I don't want to hear the grinder notification no. when somebody sends you a cheese grated asshole picture. Like I don't, oh, that's just not for me. Not the cheese grater. Not the cheese, just not the cheese. Oh my, oh, you, you know the pictures. One? You thought of one. Oh my God. Yeah, the there's just one in particular. Yeah, I just don't get why people send random anal pictures. I don't know. Yeah. I, I love a butt. The butthole, not necessarily. The but, I'm just like, I feel like it's a black hole where yeah. you just like eat me. Yeah, I mean, I'll do it, but I like the whole 
butt package. You know? Yeah, I like the juicy booty. Yeah. But in continuing with that, because we got sidetracked, of course. No, I feel like that is really good advice to give yeah. to somebody. But there was a thing that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you've been a huge supporter of the show since we started. Yeah. Like messaging me, DMing me, you know, saying all this other stuff. And I remember there was a particular moment when you slid up and I don't remember what I was talking about. I don't know what I posted on my story. But you talked about your eight-year relationship. Yeah. And then it got me thinking. I was like, now that you're single yeah. and on the market, ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. not ladies, just gentlemen, do you feel in a lot of ways being in a relationship so young mm-hmm. and being in an eight-year relationship, you really did miss out on yeah. some of the best years of your life? And if that is the case, are you trying to make up for it now? Uh, and in uh, what way? Uh, Baby, I told you these are the these yeah. are the grinding questions yes. I'm going to ask you. Um, yeah, I think to a certain degree there was I mean, even during the relationship, it was a sticking point where I look back and I'm like, I was I missed my good years of college. I missed my young years when I was supple and twinky and there's it's always a thought, but you have to balance that with like what I gained as well. And if I had to go back and do it again, I would choose a relationship over being a crazy kid because I think I learned a lot about relationships, which will serve me going forward. And I had a really great partner for those eight years. I'm happy that I have found love twice and especially with, with him. So being single is awesome. I love it. I do. Oh love my God, it. I didn't. I do. Love it. <laughs> do you? I do. There was a voice creep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I do love it. I, I mean, I've been enjoying it, but I think, um, it was a bit of a blessing to go through the pandemic because I had so much opportunity to start thinking like what I wanted for myself and everything like that. And now I feel in a good place to go be on the market. And, and another thing is, is like, I don't, I don't want to rush into a relationship at all. And I don't want to, and this is one of the things about the serial daters. I think there is kind of this, again, societal pressure to have this, this structure set up of like you date someone, then you get engaged then you get married then you have kids and you move And that's someone. always the end game. They're like, when are you getting married? Yeah. I'm like, why is it the end goal? Right. Cause what's after that? Yeah. And then it's children. And then I'm like, what's after that? And it's just like, oh, we didn't, we didn't think about that. Yeah. And, you know. and with that, there's so much pressure. So it's like it puts when you're dating, it puts on what your first meeting with someone. You're sitting down, you know, having a drink or something. The society society has forced us to think. All right, I have to compute in these one one to two hours if this is going to be the person I'm going to marry and have kids with, because that's the trajectory that society tells us we have to go. So it's all the pressure of having to meet someone and to derive that. Mm-hmm. They get a second date, and they get a second date only if I think they are going to be able to marry me and have kids with me so it's like i don't i don't love that dating i'm like i i prefer to meet as many people as possible and let organic friendships and relationships grow from that um I guess. well a big question on the show that we're always talking about yeah. um i think one of the com- the commandments is they shall not dine with the devil and that means going on dinner dates where you're literally just sitting at a table yeah. two feet apart yeah is that how you do go on dates because what i've done and how because Oh my God, I hated going on dates. I was horrible. I would have full-blown panic attacks because looking at somebody that you don't know and trying to come up with questions, like my brain would just malfunction. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started to be like, you know, fuck it. I was like, we're not doing this anymore. We're going out. We're moving. We're going on like adventure dates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when dating started becoming fun. Totally. Do something you want to do already and like, hey, you want to join. Yeah, because dinner, they turn into... It's a fucking interview. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting interviewed yes, exactly. for a job that I do not want. Yeah. I, I love group outings. Like yeah. someone I'm interested in. I'm like, hey, my friends are doing this. Come join. 
Oh, that's and oh my, that's nerve wracking. You I think so? That. Oh my gosh. No, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, usually like when I'm seeing somebody, the final step is introducing them to okay. my friends because if you don't click with my friends, it's it's not gonna work. Yeah. I don't care how big your dick is or how <laughs> fucking cute you are, it's not working out. I do feel like I've won something when a guy introduces me to their friends though. I'm like, you're I on the right it. track. I've you're, made it. Do you know how hard that is though? Yeah. I mean, I hung, I went on like two dates with somebody once and then they invited me to like go hiking with their friends. I was like, no, <laughs> that's too much. Like already hiking up a mountain. That's already too much for me. And yeah. then having to like be like, so like I'm from uh, Washington. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. So if you're comfortable with this new segment, I can obviously edit this, you know, part out, but I wanted to move on to the segment of they shall not commit adultery. I want to hear your stance on cheating and why you think people cheat. And if you've ever cheated yourself, I feel like we always get a one-sided conversation about the subject. And I feel like you could really bring a certain light to this subject. I actually wrote a paper in my, in college on why politicians cheat um, which was in my poli sci major. Oh, but, um, so you guys, he's fucking, he's smart and single. He's smart and single. <laughs> I've got, I've got research on why people cheat, but have I cheated? Yes. And in, in my, it was before we were open in my, in our, my eight year relationship. Why? I think I felt in my mind and without communicating, right? This is the problem. I didn't communicate mm-hmm. it, that I was able to have a physical ro- rendezvous and maintain my emotional loyalty. And honestly, I did. But the fact that I didn't communicate that is the failure. For me, philosophically, um, I I do believe that humans are sexual beings and we desire physical contact from multiple people. And monogamy is is not necessarily natural as the animals that we are. And I learned a lot of this in my biology. I took a class once, biology of sex. Back in the good old days in college. Yeah. Yeah. But it really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that evolutionarily, we're meant to have as many partners as we can. Um, because the whole goal of survival is to spread your seed as much as you can. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to make a joke so bad. I'll hold uh, it. I'll save it. I'll hold it. But the change in society has become, especially from religion, while the three major religions were all fighting and trying to grow, um, was the idea that you had to cr- procreate with one person as much as possible to keep the household, but also to um, ensure that that religion continues. So we've been now in this world that in, that in this structure that monogamy is the way that you're supposed to operate. We're being forced to do so um, because that's what we've believe, we're told was right. And so when you're put into a monogamous state and don't communicate openly, that is when cheating occurs. And you very well, people can have great relationships without cheating. And I I, I encourage that. <laughs> That's for straight people, baby. But I even, <laughs> I even think, though, that straight people have the exact same urges as gay people and, you know, ever, anywhere on the spectrum of gender identity or sexuality mm. have the same desire of having sex with multiple people. The problem is, and the reason we see it more, I think, in the gay community is because we already kicked one taboo because of the social climate right now the gay community we're really i feel like we are definitely influencing other communities like straight people are doing anal now hell yeah Uh, butt stuff 2020 like huh (laughs) (laughs) i know i have but i also have like a good friend and his wife who are open 
polyamorous and married, happy, happily married in polyamorous yeah. relationship. Like it exists and people want to do that. It's just so much more taboo for the straight community because they are put in that box too. And we've already kind of have one foot out of the box as mm-hmm. gay people. Cause we're at this point, we're just like, we for so long have been the center of sometimes a lot of the times negative attention where we're just like, we don't care anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're just going to do our own thing. Do what you want. I remember when I was young and mm-hmm. I don't know if you were the same, I felt really ashamed to be a part of this community mm. because I was just thought I was like, you guys are just a bunch of sluts and whores that can't keep yeah. your dick in your pants. And you know, all these open relationships, three ways, all yeah. this other stuff. And, you know, coming from a religious background where yeah. it is monogamy, I was just like, Ugh, why are you guys so nasty? But right. getting older, I'm like, Oh God, no, this is the, this is a better, more efficient way. And then I, that really solidified when I watched a interview with RuPaul Mm -hmm. and somebody asked him, he was just like, are you in an open relationship? And he was just like, you know, talking about that and divulging Mm -hmm. about that and talking about his husband. And it revolved around him saying, I love my husband so much. Then why would I keep him from acting on like his natural urges? Mm -hmm. Like, why would I do that to somebody that I say that I love? Yeah. Because what happens when you're in a monogamous relationship, I feel like it's really shitty because this whole thing about cheating, you make the person feel so ashamed about it. And yeah. society has made that person feel so ashamed that they don't come forward, you know, because he's a cheater. No, it's so true. And th- there is so much shame in that. And the solve is being able to have conversations that you think may be uncomfortable or, or taboo. Like, I, I, I wonder how many people in relationships right now have asked their partner's stance on openness too scared and how honest have they been when they've been asked that question too i feel like that if we could do like a lie detector test i feel like a lot of people would be more willing to and wanting to but yeah they're, but there's, there's so many insecurities with having that question because if you would have asked me at my 19 self when i was in my first relationship like if my partner would have been like let's have an open relationship yeah. i would have felt offended yeah but that was just coming from a place of not understanding what an open relationship meant and just being insecure. Yeah. Honestly. But I do love the, what, you know, the, the RuPaul thing. It's, I mean, there has to be something that maintains the connection for her. It's love. And I think that's for most people, right? It's that emotional loyalty. And And that's that's, what he was saying. He was just like, this person loves me. Like he comes home to me. Like he doesn't care in that way about these other people. So and, why would I hold, like, why would I get insecure about that? Like, yeah. that's my man. Exactly. And that's something you can foster and grow and build together. I mean, you, you might have sex and get better at sex as you go along, but the thing that really m- maintains the relationship is that emotional bond. And um, so I think that's, as long as you keep that the priority, then the physical part of it, like, pff, whatever. That kind of brings me to my next question. Yeah. With your last relationship, mm-hmm. when did you know it was over? That particular moment you were just like, there's nothing I could say or do. This is over. We had a, a, a tough year the last year that we were together. There was a lot. We were fighting a lot and there's arguments here and there. And when I got broken up with, I thought it was just, we'll work through it. It was going to get resolved. We've been through things like this before. So I didn't expect it to be the, the, the actual end because I thought we would work through it. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little bit taken aback and shocked when it, it didn't resolve itself. But almost immediately, I saw the writing on the wall. But it was pretty early on after being told that the relationship has, had ended 
that I knew that there was no possibility of recuperating what was there. We lived together for three more months after the breakup. And in those three months, seeing kind of the distance that we kind of built between us so quickly, and this is all in hindsight now, in the, in the moment I couldn't really tell. But looking back on it, I think that's when I started to grow and understand that it wasn't we weren't going to get back together, but also that maybe this was a long time coming. What do you say to the people that fucking hate their ex-partner i don't understand it and uh, okay there's definitely exceptions i understand if someone's being abusive physical yeah um, but emotion, like take, emotionally, take all that out of the like equation that. yeah otherwise i don't understand what it is with hitting your ex and i think again i keep pointing media whatever <laughs> it's representations like the villains are your your ex is your villain and i remember distinctly telling my ex like i don't want I'm like, be careful what people put in your ears and what you see in representations that your ex is supposed to be a bad person because I don't want that for us. I don't understand because to me, I spent eight years of my life with this person for a reason. Like you, you are, you enter a relationship and you stay in a relationship for something that you love or enjoy about someone. And just because you break up doesn't mean that that person, those qualities aren't there anymore. It just means that it doesn't function in a relationship in that way anymore mm-hmm. like you break up because you're not going to be together in, in a relationship forever but some of those qualities are still in that person so i try to focus on like what did i like about you what did i like about them well how's your relationship like with that ex yeah we're good i mean i, I wish in my mind i, I wanted to be like best friends again or whatever mm-hmm. like best friends without the sex but we're very cor- we're very friendly very cordial he, he, we would help each other out if there anyone had any needs or anything like that um we talk often still share memes stuff like that we know each other's oh, humor then okay you guys are sharing memes you guys are good <laughs> yeah, that's so ideal we're, yeah we're gonna move on to the quick rounds of questions yeah. this is my one of my most favorite parts this is the last very fucking end of this show it makes me nervous because I don't have time to filter oh that's why I'm at, that's why they're my favorite you don't have enough time to think I know okay so side note I must know have you ever had sex with a woman and if you were to ever ask me that question I would say no because I do not hate myself that much uh, um, but what let me let me know um a small handful of times but actually one time some of my best sex involved a woman of my life no yes what it was a threesome with my good straight friend and this girl uh-huh. and it was really hot you it and was, all these threesomes and orgies like what am I, I what am I doing wrong I love group I love a little group a little threesome I really do but after yeah. the show you should give me some advice alright like what I should be looking for cause it's just it's not working for me you just I, you just have to see your opportunities and take them you're but crazy you're a fun so wild time so yeah you go you come off as like a very like um like if somebody were to just to see you yeah like a, like Oh, he's good. Yeah. You're naughty. I'm a good You're boy. bad. I'm a good boy. I do I do the naughty in a good way. <laughs> okay, next question. Okay, so I want to know what it's like to have sex with you. So after so after the show. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <sighs> I honestly do want to kind of know and go more of an in-depth because that's how I love to get to know people a little bit yes. more, is just kind of understanding like how they fuck. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna change that word. I wanna know how you make sweet passionate love yeah yeah <laughs> we're on like that save wavelength the fucking humor at this yes. point right now okay so what is your favorite sex position oh oh okay this is oh my god please don't be listening dad um i love because you know what i love a threesome i love to be the middle of an eiffel tower 
why you like to be in the middle yes okay. I would, I would, do you know an eiffel tower yeah that's when the dude is penetrating you from the back and then the dude is sucking your dick from no the, i'm sucking the dick you're sucking the dick yeah i'm okay. getting fucked and sucking the dick at the same time that's intense i have an oral fixation so anything in my mouth just like woof, turns me hella on so that well so that brings me it. do you like sucking dick because Love if it. you don't like sucking dick you're horrible at head that's probably true. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I love it and hate it because I, I don't know. I have to be in the mood mm-hmm. and it has to be the right dick. I, I don't want to suck a pencil pusher. I want <laughs> a girthy, girthy daddy dick. Yeah, yeah. You know, you feel me? I, I mean, I, I'll suck anything to be honest. <laughs> I like I like I'm I like dicks of all shapes and sizes. Yeah, it's I, I just have a really bad gag reflex. Oh, I just oh don't that wanna, is too bad. Yeah, I just don't want to throw up. I will. Oh god, I will swallow it. Okay, next. <laughs> so the people, the people at home yes. are wondering: Are you a top? Or a bottom. I am a total dom mask top. No. Um, <laughs> I actually started in my gay life. I think probably everyone does. But I started as a top. And in my relationship, I started as a top. But then I segued into what I was better at. And that is bottoming. I feel like um, it's like when you're in college and you take the general courses to figure out what you're doing. But yeah. like, oh, I found my major now. My major oh my. is bottoming. Like, I can, like, if I have to go She got back. a doctorate, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I feel like when you're first topping, I mean, I talked about this in a past episode oh. where it's like when you first are starting off bottoming, that shit is so painful. Yeah, and you don't usually, know what you're doing. Yeah, and you're usually with somebody that's like pretty inconsistent, doesn't really know what they're doing. Yeah. And it takes a while. Yeah. Coming without touching yourself, that takes practice. Mm-hmm. Like, have you done that? Yes, definitely. Um, I've also done that thing where, like, you know what? <laughs> when you like, when there's a dick that's just angled just right, and you uh-huh. sit on it, and it hits your prostate, and it just yep. milks you. The boyfriend dick. Well, yeah. And yeah. He, just, he pushes there, and you just, like, squirt. Some comes out. And, like, I didn't, I didn't like, get off, but you just pushed some come out of me. Yeah, that, that happens sometimes, too, oh which my is God. kind of fun. No, I mean, have you... Talking about that, have you heard of the boyfriend dicks? I call them man, the manipulators. Well, I, I well, I heard the term boyfriend dick, but I thought that was like a reasonable size that you can take often. No, no, no. So I'm, I'm I, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna give you your now. little course. Yeah, let me teach you yes, something. All right. So I actually had my first encounter with a boyfriend dick mm, six months ago. I was hanging out with this dude. That thing was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, I would hang it in my house. That's how beautiful Uh. it was. What a boyfriend dick is, it is, it tricks you. So, you're going to bottom for this person, and it is going to mold to your hole so well that you are going to believe and trick yourself into believing that God created that man for you, even though that's not true, because. It's, it goes the same hand in hand with every single other person that they're with. Yeah. It molds to you. Oh my gosh. So you're going to be dick crazed over this person and really believe that God sent him for you. And it's a oh, lie. Wow. It's a lie. Yeah. Don't, don't look down because there's a lot of blood flow just came just listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Have you had a, have you had a boyfriend dick? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that same. I was, I was back there as you're describing it my mind went right back you're just like wait like this is the best like this was meant for me yeah like it's hitting all the right places (sighs) wow we're just wow sorry i'm just like think god i love a boyfriend dick yes i do they're they're dangerous though yeah i have a good question for you do you think you're good at having sex and why i 
do. I've, I don't know. I, <laughs> I do. I do think I'm good at having sex. I feel like it's a hard question for anybody because it, it takes a little bit of a level of like tooting your own horn. Right. Yeah. But I, I have like, you know, um, return customers. So I feel that's like a good. Uh, <laughs> See, this is why we should create. I want to create so bad the Yelp review for the gay community. Oh my gosh. And... That could be go south so easily though oh no i know i've thought about that okay where it's yeah. like somebody just wants to tr- he was the worst fuck i've ever yeah. had he just didn't you call know, you back tic-tac for a dick yeah. <laughs> i think one of the things that i enjoy too about having sex is really finding the vibe and the energy and that's one of the reasons that i don't always love like the transactional hookups like oh let's meet fucking leave yeah because i kind of like feeling out what the situation is and it's much easier with someone you're comfortable with mm-hmm. um and so I can play like all the roles and um, if I'm feeling like, oh, you want me to be the dominant one, I can definitely be power bottom or I can be totally submissive. Like, or I also love just like mm-hmm. the, when you're both battling for like the, the dominance, the, the dominance, uh, like, like wrestling on a bed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would say if you were to ask me that same question, I'm I would, asking you the same question. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. Ask me. Yes. Do you think you're good at sex? I used to be very bad at sex when I was starting off. Mm. Horrible. Okay, same. Um, I would top and I would come and I would last for 10 seconds and then I would leave. And then what would... I can't believe I'm fucking <laughs> Very fucking vulnerable conversation right now. But that's... I talk about in an episode and like that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's from watching porn. Yeah. You know, I was just watching literally so much porn. And that's what was happening. I was going in these hookups, didn't didn't even remember their names. Yeah. You know, story is all the time. No, and then leaving and then just running into these people again. And it was so fucking awkward. Yeah. Cause you don't know these people. The only thing this person is thinking when they run into you is, oh, there's that dude who like I just fucked and yeah. it was just eh. it's shitty. <laughs> but I think not taking porn so literally anymore mm-hmm. and like really listening and getting to know my person outside of a dating app or anything yeah. like that. Once I removed the dating apps and I took these people on like adventure dates, hanging yeah. out and stuff like that and really got to enjoy their presence before that was even a conversation. Sex became kind of like a dance. Yeah. It really totally. did. Like it really allowed me to read people who were in many ways kind of unreadable, yeah. you know, and understand them better. And when I changed it up a little bit and I guess this just comes from older age, um, and just kind of learning. But when you move away from transactional hookups or whatever, mm-hmm. it's fuck. I mean, specifically in Seattle, I've met some beautiful people here. Yeah. When I stopped, when I started looking at sex as transactional, I really started like going above and beyond and like, you know, learning how other bodies work, mm-hmm. you know, listening to somebody else's body, taking yeah. care of them, you know, taking care of them. Sex became so beautiful. Totally. And every single time I run into those people again, it's, Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so great when you have that connection. It, it also, like, I've had bad sex. And so it like, takes two to tango, right? Like, there's sometimes, like, it could be the best person at sex, whatever. But, like, you have to have two people that are compatible in a certain way to make it all work together. So yeah. you might be really good at sex, but have bad sex sometimes, or be really bad at sex, but somehow found the mm-hmm. other person who's equally as bad, and together you make great sex. But. Obviously, we're talking about sex. We're talking about how you have sex, I have sex, everybody fucking has sex. What are the sex advices? What is the sex advice that you would give to somebody? Mm. Um, take care of your bottom. I, it shocks me sometimes still where I like people that will go for a makeout, like, all right, let me just stick it in. And it's like, no foreplay. No foreplay. Like, I need to, I'm like, I need to like 
warm up. Um, eat my ass or, or play with or don't eat my ass though. Oh yeah, I, I heard that you don't like that. Um, I'm like I want my ass eaten or like even just like tease my whole little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some foreplay, like get me going. Um, because that will relax me a bit. Um, make me think you care. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's advice I need to take myself because I top like a bottom. You top like a bottom. Yes. That should be a song. Top like, I top like a bottom. You'll know if you get topped by someone who's usually a bottom, you know that they're, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to hump this. Oh thing. my God, I'm going to hump this like my dog humps <laughs> my like, pillow. Like, I don't yeah. get this normal all the time, so I'm just going to get at it. Yeah, um, no, I feel it. Because my, my whole thing, I don't know what your whole thing is, but like my whole thing is, because dominating, yeah. it's... A very fun play, but I love. I probably won't include this. I love dominating daddies. Oh yeah, it is. It is a power complex. Yeah, I was say, it's like the role reversal. Yeah, yeah, it's hot. These daddies though, huge bottoms. Yeah, and That's I. So fun. I don't know. It's such a good time to be alive right now. Yes, we're coming up on our very last questions. Oh no, and we're embarking on our last gay journey together are you seeing anybody now dating are you interested in anybody or what what's the scoop i have interests all over the world i have like these boyfriends that aren't actually my boyfriends Uh i just in my mind they are um no i'm single i'm single ready to mingle um who's your ideal type man what are you what are you looking for right now i need someone that's aware and aware of the, what's happening in the world. So, like, you, you've watched, you, you read the news every once in a while. Know what's happening in the world. Know your part in the world. And show that you have interest in growing in both of those. Um, that's important. I like an intelligent person, someone I have conversations with. But I also love being a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I love being, like, the first wife. Like, the first lady. Because didn't we talk about that? We I said, I want I always want to date somebody that's smarter than me. Yeah. Because it pushes me to want to be that smart. Totally. I... I want to be the smarter one, but I want someone that almost as smart as me. I also, um, I do like someone who has like a passion, have like be passionate about something. Yeah. Either it's your career, a, a sports team, anything like I want to be able to like support you in what you're want to do. Um, physically, I like it. I like it all. United colors of Benetton, like everything short, tall, mm-hmm. um, Twinkie, beefy, all yeah, it's like it's all it all works for me. I like just men in general. Last question, are you ready? Yes. I don't think you're ready. Oh. Are you ready for this big, thick last oh, question? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Breathe, breathe. Yeah. <sighs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking horrible. We sound like a bunch of whores. Anyways, well that's the point. Why did you agree to come on this show? I mean, obviously I'm happy that you are here, but I feel like for the most part there have been there have been a lot of people that have been like let me come on the show and then it it comes time to do it and then they pussy out mm. you know but I'm I genuinely am interested to hear yeah. why you wanted to come on uh, and we we had chatted about this a little bit um, previously but it's really that I'm a big advocate for communication and I hope that this if someone's listening and they hear something that uh, of interest or that you know, made them think differently or give them a new perspective. That's fantastic, but also a total stranger or someone you know through a podcast is doing that for you. I want to encourage people 
based on the conversation that we're having here today. Talk to the people around you. Like, get to know your friends a little bit deeper. Have these types of conversations, these types of questions with the people around you, and you'll unlock so much more. Let's cut through what's taboo. You're not supposed to ask your friends about some of these questions. Or, you know, why Why do you prefer to bottom? Like, you don't, you know, like, things like that. Like, you'll learn a lot from each other. And so I think my by being here and, and, and agreeing to do this, I'm hoping that I can continue pushing for what I hope is that everyone is a little bit more open in the way that they communicate. Um, everyone's a little bit more vulnerable in the way they communicate. And yeah, that's the, the reason I shed my clothes. The I same reason. Like it. just Yeah, let's be yourself. And, and guys, by the way, we have been naked for two hours and seven minutes. Oh my Lord. I'm scared to get up from this chair and see what kind of lasting impression I left on that uh, chair. On the chair. That maid's going to come through and she's going to be like, huh? What the un- fuck? <laughs> unstick your balls from the vinyl. Did you have fun? So much fun. This is yeah. Because I remember like the preliminary interview. Like that was still fun, and we were still learning a lot yeah. about each other. But this is this has been this has been fun for me. It's been a lot of fun for me. I love it. Okay, guys, that is it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week. If you like this show, tell your friends, tell your homophobic family members, baby. Give us a rating. Anything below a five star is honestly a pussy ass review. Go fuck yourself. Just kidding. I love you. See you guys next week. Yay.